I'm Keith, and this is my dad, Kerwin. We're excited to have as our guest one-third of the Geek Buddies, actor, writer, Shannon McClung. We'll talk about his upbringing, why he wanted to become an actor, and what he's looking forward to with Star Wars and Marvel. This is Fun of Star Galaxy, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for joining us. Shannon McClung is an animation writer, actor who have appeared in various shows, including Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Goldbergs, and House. In 2019, Shannon, John Roca, and Michael Vogel formed The Geek Buddies, a pop culture podcast you can watch on YouTube or on your favorite streaming platforms. Shannon, welcome to Father Son Galaxy. Thank you very much, Kerwin and Keith. It's very nice to chat with you all. Kerwin and I, you know, we've uh, we've uh, uh, DM'd uh, a little bit on Twitter, so it's nice to chat with you all face to face. Thank you. It's it's wonderful to have you. I I am a big fan of the Geek Buddies. Um, I started listening to you guys like the end of 2020, early 2021, right before we started um, working on our podcast. Um, and I actually went back and I listened to your very first episode. So I. I think that was back in 2019. And you three had that chemistry from the very beginning. So whose idea was it to bring you three together? This was all 100% John Roca's. So uh, we have that chemistry because we have been friends for, oh, 25 years now. Um, Mike Vogel and I met at freshman year of college at Florida State University. We were both theater students. And then that following year, I was supposed to live with Mike. And then I'm from Orlando, Florida uh, originally, and I worked for Universal Studios uh, performing in some of their uh, shows. So that summer I got an offer for a, a very good job. And so I had to tell Vogel that I wasn't coming back to Florida State. And so that sophomore, well, my sophomore year when I was gone, that's when John Roca came and he and Vogel became friends. And I think it was three years later that John and I met in person in Orlando, and then I moved out to LA in 2002. So ever since then, the three of us have been very, very tight. So a lot of the uh, uh, friendly disagreements that you hear, <laughs> that is a result of 20 years of friendship. So first question is, where did you grow up? So I was born in a small town in South Carolina outside of Charleston called Goose Creek. My father, uh, was in the Navy, but then we got transferred to Orlando when I was uh, five years old. And we were there for a few years. We went back to South Carolina for a few months, then we ended up back in Orlando, Florida. So I actually went to high school um, across the street from Universal Studios, Florida, which is was my very first job when I was 16 years old. And coincidentally, I still work for Universal to this day. I worked for Florida until 2003, Japan from 2003 to 2005, and Hollywood from 2005 to present. So if I ever have to work for someplace other than Universal, I might be in trouble because those are the only skills I have. <laughs> so what things did you like to do when you were a child? Well, you know, I grew up, I was a child of the 80s. So a lot of the things that I believe you like, Keith, they're things that your dad liked. <laughs> when he was growing up. Um, 
so yeah, Star Wars was always a part of my life. I mean, I don't remember childhood without Star Wars. I was always trying to get the newest action figure, the newest vehicle, um, you know, an action figure you can, you can get on a shopping trip with, with mom or dad vehicle. You gotta be really good. <laughs> you gotta get all A's or you have to, it has to be Christmas or your birthday. Um, but I always like stories. I, I, you know, I, I played baseball. Um, but you know, you can't tell from here, but I'm, I'm five foot six and athletics that was genetically not in my future. Um, but I always enjoyed stories and some of the best stories to this day that I have, that I saw read were all when I was a kid, it was star Wars. It was Indiana Jones. I mean, a bunch of other things like, uh, like the last Starfighter or the Goonies. I mean, that was what I really liked to do. I always liked to go out and, uh, play pretend. And it got to a point that I was able to start writing my own stories. Did you collect comic books, by the way? I did. I didn't start doing that. I mean, I remember having comic books in the house, but I didn't start collecting comic books until after 1989's Batman. Um, my sister, I have two older sisters. My sister, it would have been that summer. It would have been after the movie had come out and I just became completely you know, uh, obsessed with it. Um, she bought me a, uh, a Batman comic that turned out to be the uh, issue one of a miniseries that introduced Tim Drake as Robin. So just by, by happenstance, that ended up being the first comic book that I got. And from there, I collected comics for a few years. Um, and then high school came and I got girls became more of a became a, a little bit more of a focus um, but uh girls and, and doing drama in high school but um superhero stories comic book stories graphic novels those were always things I would come back to and I really came back to it uh when I met Mike Vogel who's another one of the geek buddies okay so when and why did you decide you wanted to be an actor well I want to say the first time I ever did anything with acting, I think I was in third grade. And for our reading class, um, we put on a production, an, uh, an unofficial production. Don't tell Charles, Charles Schultz. Um, of it's, uh, it's, a, it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. And it was sort of like we had like our advanced reading group. And so, I don't know, I think there were 10 of us or 12 of us, but after reading, the book, our teacher was like, how would you all feel about performing this for our class? And we could invite your parents. And so everyone said yes. And of course, you know, it, it wasn't like a proper audition. The teacher was just kind of saying who wants to be what? And naturally, it doesn't matter uh, if you're a boy or a girl, everybody wants to be Snoopy. Um, and then once that role was filled, I was assigned the role of uh, Linus, who he's the he's kind of the main character. For it's a great pumpkin. It's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Him with the him with the blankets. Um, and at the time, I was not happy about this because I really wanted to be Snoopy. Um, but then performing for the first time, uh, it was it was a really really great feeling because I was kind of a shy kid growing up. I I had a I had trouble talking to people. So being in this uh, position where you were talking and people were listening and were kind of excited to hear what you had to say, that's that's when I decided I wanted to start performing. Wow. So where'd you go to study acting? 
So my freshman year, I was at Florida State University. That's in Tallahassee. And so they have a really, really good musical theater program. But along with not being uh, gifted in athletics, I also was not the best dancer either. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine at a wedding, but outside of that, no one's going to pay to watch me pot a beret. Um, but uh, they, they have a good acting program as well. So I went there my freshman year and enjoyed it. And again, made some, some lifelong friends, but uh, it was the summer after that when I started performing for uh, Universal Studios that that was sort of my first professional job. I, in, what was it? I started doing that in 97. And yeah, so in those five years I played a variety of characters. I played uh, John Connor in the Terminator 2 3D show. Uh, I played Lord Farquaad from the first Shrek. They had uh, prosthetics that they would put on me. And um, again, not a tall guy, so I could, I could play Lord Farquaad. Um, I got to play a Men in Black agent. I played Beetlejuice. I got to play Austin Powers. Um, so yeah, I mean, that is, it was, it was sort of in my DNA from the beginning. Did you also do improv? I know you do comedy and drama. Did you have to learn from uh, improvisation? It was something that we would have to do at uh, callbacks for Universal, because if you're playing, uh, it's called an atmosphere character. So if you go to, we'll say Disney, and if you see one of the princesses or you see, I don't know, Prince Charming, whoever, those are all, that, that's, that's the improvisation that Disney and Universal want you to know how to do, that you can go out and carry on sort of a conversation with a guest as that character. I didn't actually take improv until I moved to Los Angeles. Um, there's, a, there's several schools here, but there's a very famous school called the Groundlings. And that's where a lot of the people that you would see on Saturday Night Live, like Will Ferrell and Anna Gasteyer, I mean, that is where they go, or that is rather that is where they went. So um, I think at the time it was a four level program. I did the first two levels. I was waiting to go to the third level, but there was like a year waiting list. And by the time they finally got to me, I had kind of my career, the TV side of the career had started to pick up and I just didn't have the time. Um, but there was also another school called Comedy Sports that I, that I attended as well, both in Los Angeles. And Groundlings is more sort of character-based improvisation, whereas comedy sports was more about games. Like if you were to go see an improv show at one of, like a local theater, you'd probably see more games. So I learned both of those at two different schools. And how many years have you been acting now? Oh, goodness. Well, professionally, I would say since, eight, <laughs> since I was 18. So oh, <laughs> quarter of a century. Uh, <laughs> 26 years. Well, while I was in Orlando working for Universal, um, at one point, I think it was in the early 90s, they had a, everyone had, uh, uh, was projecting that Florida was going to become Hollywood East. That did not pan out. Um, an occasional independent movie would shoot out there or a commercial. Miami would Miami would get some movies. Every once in a while, Miami would get a show. But while I was in Florida, I was able to do an independent film um, called Dunsmore that starred Talia Shire from Rocky and The Godfather, um, uh, an actor named W. Earl Brown, who was from Deadwood, and uh, Kadeem Hardison, 
who was in a sitcom, a, a different world. And so uh, that was my first time being on, uh, on a movie set. And it was a smaller set because it was an independent movie, but that was, I think I would have been 20, 20 or 21 and really not having any experience. <laughs> I mean, kind of the, the production assistants who are in charge of taking the actors to and from set they're throwing terminology out at me that I have no idea what they're saying. I'm just trying to smile and nod and hoping that I don't get, that I don't get called out for being, you know, an absolute rookie. Um, but yeah, that is where that started. And then that would have been, I think I shot that in 2001 or 2002. It came out while I was in Japan. And then I booked my first television credit in uh, Los Angeles in 2007. That was the, that was a uh, house. That was the, the way that you had mentioned earlier. That was first TV credit. So acting is a very competitive occupation. And you've yes. been in the business for 25 years, at least 25 years. And some actors struggle uh, for many, many years before they get their big break. And some of them don't make it, they quit. Um, what motivated you to keep going and why you never gave up? Well, I think part of it is people will always say, professionals will tell you before you move out there, before you start, whether it's Los Angeles or New York, or even like Georgia now, because Georgia has a lot of films and, and, and uh, television shows that film out there. Um, professionals will tell you, um, if you can picture yourself doing anything else, do that. Because of all of the things that you've mentioned, how competitive... Um, there's no rhyme or reason when things happen, when they happen. Um, I, I booked my first TV show in 2007. I don't think I booked anything again for another year. And part of that was a writer's like there, we had a writer's strike and I was starting to get a little bit of uh, momentum going, but then that writer's strike happened and it was starting back at square one. I think I had a good 2009. I think I booked four shows, three or four shows that year. And then it slowed it, uh, slowed down again. And then I think it was between 2013 and 2016. That's when things really, really picked up. That's when I got to do two separate recurring roles, which means you're on more than one episode. I got to work on The Mentalist for four episodes and a show called Silicon Valley for HBO for four episodes. And it seemed like, okay, here we go. This is, this is when it happens. And then it just stopped again. And so there's no, no rhyme or reason as to why it happens. And that's why, and, and it can be uh, 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 hard. It can be very, you can get sad. You, because if you start to think like, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? And sometimes you have to think of it as anytime an actor auditions for a role, there were probably upwards of 2,000 people submitted for that role. From there, the casting directors probably pick around 20 to audition for that role. And from there, they may take five actors, three actors that they send to their producers. And the producers are the ones who uh, ultimately make the, make the decision. Um, and then only one person gets it. So when you're not booking, um, there is a very, it's very easy to get down on yourself. Like, well, they don't like me. They didn't pick me. And it's something I still work on to this day, but you can't think of it as they didn't pick me. It, it's not like they looked at, they didn't look at Keith and say, Keith, you are not getting this. They're saying, no, we're picking Kerwin. So it has nothing to do with Keith. It's the fact that Keith, or it has to do with the fact that Kerwin was the role, was the actor we needed for this role. 
Sometimes not always the best actor gets the part. Oh, no, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's the actor that best suits the part. So, um, you know, it's, it's a struggle day to day. Um, like I worked on a TV show earlier this year, but I haven't done anything since I've gotten close, but thankfully because I get to perform with universal, um, because I do get to write for animation. I mean, I do have other creative outlets, but there have been many a time where I think like, eh, maybe, you know, we, we gave it a shot. We probably did better than most, but ultimately this is not where I'm supposed to be. And it always comes back to, no, this is the only thing, this is the only thing I, I can do. And it's also the only thing uh, I want to do. Okay. So our next question is, we have many streaming channels, Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max, Disney Plus is the biggest of them. And there's so many more. I could go off hours naming these, but I expect that there's more opportunities for actors with all those streaming channels and all those people hiring now than there were in the past, say, in like the 2000s or the 2010s when people were just starting to get into streaming. It was still just phasing out of the DVR, so... Does that mean that more opportunities also bring more actors in to compete for the same roles? Yes. <laughs> well, partly, I mean, there are, there are more television shows now than ever before. And a lot more. But, well. yeah, th th there, there are a lot more opportunities. Um, however, not all of those opportunities shoot in Los Angeles. I mean... Uh, there, there are shows that shoot in Atlanta. There are shows that shoot in New York. There are shows that shoot in Vancouver. There are shows that shoot in Toronto. I mean, so you can have, you can have this uh, uh, sort of a, a wealth, wealth of opportunity, but you have to be in the right place. Now, sometimes with those shows that don't shoot in Los Angeles or New York, they will cast their larger roles out of Los Angeles and New York. So like there's a show recently that um, I've been auditioning for they've had me in a few times that shoots out of uh i think it's pittsburgh and for, for whatever reason that show they seem to like me like hopefully we'll we'll book it <laughs> but it's on one of those newer streamers and so while there is more opportunity there are also more challenges because it's you're you're, you're competing with people in other states and and in other countries now so again you have to really want to do it <laughs> to stick with it is there an I ideal role you'd like to play or a character you'd like to play? Oh, wow. Um, the ones that I like the most are the ones that pay the most. <laughs> but, uh, you know, obviously getting the opportunity to do something in the Star Wars, the Star Wars universe, that would be, that would be great. That would be, that would be a dream come true. I mean, I've been very, very fortunate that I have auditioned for Marvel a few times. I did Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, I've auditioned for a couple of DC things. Um, Star Wars would, pro well, Indiana Jones would be the coup de grace. That's the one, Indiana Jones, as much as I love Star Wars, I think Indiana Jones is probably my favorite. Um, but seeing as how Harrison Ford, this is probably gonna be his last movie and I don't know if they'll, I don't know if they'll reboot that one. Um, but to do something, something in Star Wars, that would that would be that would be a dream come true. And I'm again probably not gonna play a superhero, but to be in the supporting cast of something with a superhero, like you see the people on the flash, like his his sort of support team. I'm like, yeah, I I'd probably be the guy that, you know, typing at the computer. 
telling him where to go. Though, if you made it into Marvel as like as one of the agents of Shield or something. <laughs> well, I played, I played a, an Air Force. I think he was a sergeant in the second season of Agents of Shield. I auditioned. The first thing they had me audition for was the first season of uh, Agent Carter, and then it went into Agents of Shield, which I got, and then. I, I had the opportunity to audition for Thor one, but it was a role that I knew I was not going to get. So I was like, I don't even want to put myself up for this heartbreak. Um, but then I did get to audition for Captain Marvel as well, but didn't, didn't get that one. Oh, wow. You made it into Captain Marvel almost? Well, I mean, I was one of many people that they were looking at. So, but, but yes, I did. I think the scene, I think the, all the scenes aren't when you're auditioning for like Marvel projects. They're not normally the scenes from the, from the TV scripts or the movie scripts. It's, they give you kind of fake, fake scenes. Um, but I'm pretty sure I was reading it. It was with Nick Fury, which I was like, okay, I know it says that this character is, uh, I don't, I can't remember the code name that they had for him. Like, you know, Fred Nichols or something like that. I was like, well, I, I know it says Fred Nichols. I know this is Nick Fury, which was pretty cool. Yes. So, you know, who, speaking of like movies and films, who are some of the directors and actors you'd like to work with in the future? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, I, I think working with Samuel L. Jackson would probably be pretty cool just to know the stories that he could tell from Star Wars, from Marvel, from working with Quentin Tarantino. I think that would be, I think that would be pretty cool. Growing up from the eighties, of course, you know, you want to work with, you want to work with Steven Spielberg um uh, <laughs> I saw that coming. <laughs> somebody that i did get to work with so we're two two guys that i did get to work with who were both just incredibly kind and awesome gentlemen i got to work with martin sheen on a uh, sitcom called anger management and he, it, i think uh the amazing spider-man had already come out but that's where he played Uncle Ben. So I worked with him all day and I got to tell him like, yeah, it was really, really cool seeing you and the amazing Spider-Man. And he was kind of like, oh yeah, I didn't do too much in that one. Like, did you see Spawn? I had a lot of fun in Spawn and Spawn (laughs) you probably haven't seen yet, Keith. But Spawn was sort of a "Mm." so-so movie. (laughs) But then I also got to work with Alfred Molina on uh, on, uh, Law and Order Los Angeles, which only lasted a season. But he was another guy that was just so incredibly kind and just, we had a wonderful conversation. Oh, it was Alfred Molina and Corey Stoll. So it was Yellow Jacket and Dr. Octopus. Right. He hadn't been, he wasn't, he wasn't Yellow Jacket yet. We seem yeah. to have good luck with Marvel actors. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yellow Jacket, yeah. Dr. Octopus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and also now that I'm thinking of it, yeah, I got to work with Agent Maria Hill. Kobe Smolders on a Netflix show called uh, Friends from College. And she was also all the Marvel actors. Now that I'm thinking, yeah, all the Marvel actors that I've worked with have all been incredibly nice. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, it seems to me, you know, I, I recall when, you know, growing up, like you say, in the 80s and 90s, actors get their start on shows like Law and Order or LA Law. Um, but it seems nowadays, you know, actors are getting, you know, their big, big breaks or, or, or their start in Marvel films because there's so many of them. 
Yeah. Yeah. At some point, everyone will, if, if the, the MCU, MCU <laughs> right. keeps going, which it seems yeah. like it's going to, everyone will have been in the Marvel universe at some point. I mean, yeah. even like Alfre Woodard, you know, she was in the Luke Cage series where she had a more prominent role, but then she popped up in uh, Civil War. And there was, at that time, I don't think they had openly said, well, Netflix is kind of its own thing. They hadn't really made that distinction between Marvel TV and Marvel uh, Marvel films. But either way, I was kind of like, there's no reason that that lady from Luke, Luke Cage couldn't be the lady in in Civil War. I mean, this is this is her villain villain origin story, apparently. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and yes. now they're, they're, what does it say? Because they're all on Disney Plus now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Right, and it, she was great in both roles, actually. And, you yeah. know, it's, these are veteran actors, too, that are actually open to doing these types of films, you know? So that says something about Marvel, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, it seems like, I, I think superhero entertainment in general can get a reputation of like, oh, it's just the same thing. They're churning it out over and over. I don't think you would get actors of this caliber if they at least definitely, they're obviously having fun, but also if they didn't see any value in the product. So even though there, there is a certain segment of the audience who doesn't, maybe doesn't think as highly of superhero entertainment as we obviously do, um, but you can't argue with the people that are associated with it. Exactly. Yeah. Let's, you know, now that we're talking about Star Wars and Marvel, let's get into it and talk about why we're spoiled um, as, you know, being fans of Star Wars and Marvel. So you were at San Diego Comic-Con last month. I was. And yeah, and we have D23 coming in September. So regarding San Diego Comic-Con, what was the most exciting thing that you saw that was announced at uh, San Diego that you're looking forward to? Well, I have to say two, there's two things mm -hmm. and they were both Marvel because Marvel Animation had their own panel that was in Ballroom 20, which is a very, very big ballroom. Um, it's not Hall H. Hall H is where the, the movies, uh, MCU and Warner Brothers, that's where they all go. But in Marvel Animation, um, getting to see the casts for, or the cast of characters rather, for Spider-Man freshman year, um, seeing like, okay, it's not quite, it's not that like, I think, I think they had an idea when it was initially announced, like this is, this is the, this is the prequel to him joining Captain America Civil War. It's like, not exactly. Like, I think they, they've decided to take advantage of the multiverse and do something different. And I think that was, and I think that was a good call because you get to see, you get to see him with a different cast of characters and you get to see him with some different uh, antagonists. Um, seeing that was really, really cool. Um, listening to the crowd, like I was not a nineties X-Men fan. Like I had kind of, kind of gotten out of, um, gotten out of it at that point. I am listening. Oh, do you watch it on Disney plus Keith? Yeah. Listening to the crowd and how they reacted to, to uh, uh, them bringing back a lot of the original actors. And this, again, you can just feel this love that they have for that material. And they got to, sh they showed us a little something. It was an animatic, which an animatic is sort of animation in progress. So they showed us a, a little scene and you get to hear rogue and you get to hear wolverine so that was super cool they also showed us the first episode of the second season of what if which was 
really, really cool. They showed us one of the I Am Groot shorts, which was adorable, which those are on Disney Plus. But then they showed us that first episode of What If, which What If um, I thought was just so wonderfully done and just so much so much fun to introduce that to audiences who aren't aware of that property and seeing, getting to see your heroes, your favorite heroes and some of your favorite villains in a different light. And then the, the Marvel panel in Hall H where we got to see footage for Secret Invasion, which I think looks fantastic. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, um, Guardians Volume 3. Um, those were all just so much fun to see. And then they showed... They showed some stuff from She-Hulk, which looks really funny. And then they got to that Black Panther panel. And that was, I don't know, I know the panel is on, the, 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 the panel is online. Um, hearing Ryan Coogler speak just about the effect that Chadwick Boseman had on him as a filmmaker and on the MCU, I mean, it was just really, really powerful. And you get a sense from the, um, from the veteran cast, like Winston Duke, um, Letitia Wright, I mean, just talking about just the effect that the movie had on them as actors, but also had on them as people and watching them get to come back and revisit this story. And then, you know, we got to got to meet the new cast, like uh, Tenoch uh, Huerta as uh, Namor. And it was just super, super emotional. Um, Ryan Coogler, I want to say when they announced Black Panther back in 2016, 2017, but... Ryan Coogler talked about that he had been at Comic-Con a few years before in that hall, in Hall H, as a fan, all the way in the back, you know, hoping that maybe he would get his chance to, to be on that stage one day and to watch him not only achieve that dream, but do it in such a spectacular, successful fashion. And it was just it was just really, it was a really uh, beautiful, beautiful thing to watch, even though you could tell it was a very emotional moment sure. for the cast. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think there's any, I think this, Wakanda Forever is probably the most anticipated movie of the year. I don't yeah. think there's anything else bigger that's coming out this year. I mean, even Love and Thunder isn't up there. Yeah. It's close. <laughs> yeah. I think the yeah. rules. Yeah. Well, and I think part of it was, how are they going to do this? Like, how do you continue this story without, without Chadwick Boseman? And based off of the footage, and granted, it's a trailer, based off of the footage, um, it seems like they've done it. Yeah, I so, hope they off, because Marvel, I don't think Marvel is going to do wrong by Black Panther, considering how high the first one was rated. They, they can't mess this up now. Stakes are hot. <laughs> Well, and you look at the batting average of Ryan Coogler. Yes. He's got a really high batting average with Fruitvale Station, with Creed, yes. with the first Black Panther. I mean, it it's, again, I think going into the panel, having not seen anything, I was, I was not skeptical, but I was curious. Like, how do you do this? And then just hearing Ryan Coogler's words prior and then watching that footage, it was like, okay, yeah. I think you did it. Yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful. And now next month we have D23 coming up. So what announcements are you looking to hear at D23? What would you like them to announce that, we'll would, that, would, that would get you very excited? So, I, you know, we can just sit and the three of us can talk about what we would like to see happen or announced at D23 next month. Oh, 
Oh, goodness. I would definitely like the announcement of a Star Wars film. Like, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm happy and I'm excited for everything that we're getting on Disney+. Plus. I think that, I think it's great. I would really like to see uh, another Star Wars film on the big screen. Because, again, there's just, especially the night before it comes out, opening night, that opening weekend, there's just an energy in the theater of everyone is so excited to see this story. Um, On the Marvel side, I mean, when they put up the dates for phase six, there's only two there. No, excuse me. There were three, three movies they talked about. It was just the dates and it was fantastic Four and the next two Avengers movies. So there are a lot of spots that they still have to fill in. So I'm very curious what those are going to be like, you know, everyone is speculating Wonder Man is going to be announced. I've heard rumors of a particular actor, but we'll see. Um, (laughs) You like rumors. (laughs) (laughs) The one that I've heard more than once, and and this could be absolute not true, um, uh, is uh, Henry, Henry Golding who was Snake Eyes in the Snake Eyes movie. Yes. People are saying that he is supposed to be, allegedly m- might be might be Wonder Man and that Destin Daniel Cretton, I, he's not directing it, but he has some, he's, he's going to be in some sort of uh, producer capacity, mm. like an executive producer on it. Yeah. And looking at the job that he did on Shang-Chi, knowing that he's directing Kang Dynasty, it, he's another one of those filmmakers, yeah. like a Ryan Coogler, right. like a James Gunn, that you're like, all right, I, I trust where you're going. <laughs> um, it'll be interesting to see what they announce for, fa- for phase six. I mean, I think they pretty much said that there will be no X-Men until phase seven, just because of the uh, contractual issues oh, that okay. when Disney bought Fox, and again, this is something I read, I believe this is true, mm-hmm. that certain actors are attached to those roles contractually for X amount of time. And so even though you might be able to have uh, like Patrick Stewart show up in Multiverse of Madness. He was the actor who played that role in the previous franchise. So yeah, it'll, it'll, be, interest, it'll be interesting to see, but um, that's, that, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, I'm, I'm curious what's gonna be announced and I would love to hear a Star Wars movie. How about you two gentlemen? Okay, well, first off, I need some more Spider-Man right now. Because I've heard people aren't that excited about freshman year. It's kind of half and half right now. Because I've heard some people are like, oh, my gosh, freshman year. And some people are like, how is this canon? So I'm kind of I'm kind of I'm kind of in between. But I want to see a, like another trilogy of Spider-Man movies that hopefully fixes no way home. Because you had you have feelings, strong feelings about no way home. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, it, I, yeah, right. Because the way it ended, you saw No Way Home, right, Shannon? Spider-Man No Way Home? Of course. Yes, right. I, I guess the way it ended, it feels like it's, it's, it, it seems final. Like, where do you go from there, I guess, is what Keith is... It's like Spider-Man's is, okay, done! Right. So, you know, what happens? Can you bring these characters back? Or does Peter Parker start over with a brand new cast of characters? I guess that's the, 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 the hesitation that we have because we love the characters, you know, the MJ character and, and the Ned yeah. character. We want them back. Ned but we is don't hilarious. know. Yeah, like but we Ned. don't know. How can they come back, you know, based on how it ended? Yeah. Well, um, I think that those three, uh, 
Zendaya and Jacob Batalon that though and Tom Holland that those three have such incredible chemistry that they would not discount that like I think if they do get a new trilogy of movies I think it's certainly possible that they don't show up in number four I think that's I think that's certainly a possibility but at some point they're going to come back to them because I do feel like that Peter MJ love story uh, that has to be that has to be resolved. That's that's my that's my guess. Now I don't know, but also the character of Spider Man, like he's still very much in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, Absolutely. it's just that nobody knows nobody knows who he is. Yeah. So knowing that, I don't. Based off of the dates on Phase Six, I'm like, all right, I don't think we're going to get the Young Avengers, even though there's a lot of people kind of populating the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now, I would love to see Spider-Man as the leader of the Young Avengers. Um, that, would make, that would make sense to me. If you have a team with Spidey, with Miss Marvel, with uh, Kate Bishop, I mean, that, that would make sense to me. See, they're very- I, But I don't know if they're gonna do that. And you think about it, we've already got America Chavez, we got Miss Marvel, we got Kate Bishop, and Patriot has already been introduced as well, although he had a very small role in mm -hmm. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, Wanda's kids, right? Yes, we yeah. have a uh, Billy and Tommy, right. who could possibly mm -hmm. serve, and then the Kang Dynasty. So you know, Iron Lad is actually Kang, but from like some 30th century alternate world where the Kang of our timeline comes to him and says, "Yo, come on, join me." Have a nice suit of armor. Rule the world with me. And he's like, no. And then goes to our timeline to go join the Young Avengers, which could easily be fixed and introduced in the Kang Dynasty or in Loki Season 2. Interesting. This is what happens when you put a Marvel Encyclopedia in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This... <laughs> You've got some theories, Keith. That's good. That's pretty good. Anything related to Star Wars you might anticipate hearing an announcement? I'm hoping for another Skywalker trilogy. Okay, right. The same kind of another film. Yeah, because it's been three years since the last film, mm -hmm. and we have got TV shows, but all we've really got so far is Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. gotcha. We haven't gotten much else other than that. Right, right, right. So that makes sense. Are you excited for Andor to come out next yeah. or this month? Yes. I am very, very, very excited. Yeah, yeah, we are too, yeah. Yeah, um, I guess as for me, um, well, a few things. One, I, I'm hoping that maybe we'll get the title of the new Indiana Jones movie. Maybe we'll get a title for Indiana okay. Jones 5. Um, as far as Star Wars, I know they're, um, well, I think they should be in, maybe they're in post-production now, but there's a new Star Wars series coming out next year called Skeleton Crew. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think by now, and since they've already completed filming, if it's coming out next year, they know the cast and then they will introduce us to the cast outside of uh, uh, June, June Law. Law. We mm -hmm. would know who these uh, young people who are going to be a part of this, this uh, new series. I think that would be interesting. Oh, oh, by the way, we've also got Bad Bash, but other than those three, there really hasn't been much new content. Right. And, <laughs> and, and um, as far as Marvel goes... Um, I think I'm hoping that they will announce who the director will be for Avengers Secret Wars 
Mm-hmm. And my theory hey, is, hey, well. well, yeah, well, they already, that comes first. Yes, but they already announced the director for the Kang Dynasty, right? The same director who directed Shang Chi. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah. But I, my theory is as to who's going to direct Secret Wars. I do believe it's going to be the Russo brothers. <laughs> I still, I do they could pull I think, that off. They could pull that off. Well, right, because I mean they have this great track record, and you know. I think what they're doing, you know, maybe Feige saying, well, they're, you know, we're not involved with the Russo brothers anymore. They're not doing it. I think that's just a, a smokescreen. I, I think it's all made up. I think they're just trying to throw us off the track to, to tell us and give us that big announcement that they are coming back to do Secret Wars because I, it's just, they just seem like a perfect fit. You know, they, they did Infinity War, they did Endgame, they did Civil War. It just makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. You know, some of the best Marvel films, <laughs> it just makes sense to just bring them back for something as big as this, Secret Wars. Absolutely. So I think that's- Yeah, despite Feige saying in that, like, I think it was from, it was from San Diego that, that he, he did say that in an interview that, like, as of right now, there's no plans. Like, we, we are big fans of each other. We're going to work together again. Andrew Garfield also said he wasn't in Spider-Man No Way Home for a year. He was. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, and also the Russos have, have spoken very publicly that they do, if they were going to come back, they would want to do Secret Wars. And thinking back to the situation with Infinity War and Endgame, the amount of time that was in between those releases is a year. With Kang Dynasty and um, Secret Wars, mm-hmm. about six months. Yes. So I don't think it would be possible for one director or one directing team to do both. The, 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 there's just not that room in the schedule. So I, I hope your theory is right, Kerwin. <laughs> because yeah. looking back at Infinity War and Endgame and Civil War and Winter Soldiers, or Winter Soldier, it's like, yes, absolutely. These are the, these are the guys. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So we can't wait. I mean, it's only, what, three weeks away? Yeah. Uh, September 8th. September, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. September. So we're looking forward to it. Yes. Now, Shannon, it is time for us to play Star Wars Mad Lib. Yeah. All right. Cue the game show music. <laughs> oh, we'll have yeah, to add that in. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see about that. <laughs> okay. That's fine. yeah. But it's time for the Mad Lib show. Yes. This is a Force Awakens version of the Mad Lib. Yes. Right. So okay. first, I need adjective. Ooh. Ah. Uh. Adjective. Hilarious. You know what is hilarious? I have a pen that doesn't write. Oh, okay. Let's get you another pen. (laughs) I think we have one up here. Okay. We got a few pens. Okay. All right. What do we got? Now I need a person in the room. Person in the room. Oh, one one of us, you mean? Well, I think we need to say, I think we should say Tanya. Okay. Yes. Okay. Another adjective. Smoky. Do you say smoke? Smoky. Smoky. Okay. Okay. Noun. Wookie. Okay. And another noun. Starship. Verb. <laughs> Lightsabers. 
as in two lightsaber something. Okay. Another do you down. want me to write these in as you're writing them down? Or you I got okay. Another down. Another down. Sand. Another down. Naboo. An animal. Iguana. I drew that you terribly. Um, another down. <laughs> uh, bullwhip. What? Bullwhip. <laughs> Indiana Jones. Bullwhip. Oh, yeah. yeah. That. Mm-hmm. Adjective. Uh, I don't know why adjective. I always want to go with adverbs. <clears throat> Dark. Dark. Verb. Uh, sing. Celebrity. George Lucas. Yes. Okay. So this bad loop is called Vacation Guide to Jakku. I see you decided to spend your hilarious vacation at Jakku. I'm sure Tanya told you that you were smoky for going there. <laughs> After all, most people think it's a lonely Wookiee floating in the western region. However, the desert starship of Jakku offers more than you might lightsabers. <laughs> you like beaches, right? We'll bring your we'll bring your bucket and sand. Jakku has so much sand that the whole Naboo is a beach. Also, it's very quiet. Look left, look right. There will be a wrinkle or a guada in sight. Bring a book or bullwhip. <laughs> to pass the time. <laughs> <laughs> sure, there are a lot of mines and a few dark star stories here and there, but sing past all that. Come to Jakku. You and George Lucas will love it. <laughs> <laughs> Very, Very good. good. Very Thanks. good. And this is why we love Mad Libs here. Hey. <laughs> It doesn't have to make sense. That's, That's the whole point. This is fantastic. And we are so glad that you're able to make the time to, to, to speak with us. This has been fun. Absolute fun. Absolutely. Kerwin, Keith, again, so nice to chat with you all screen to screen. Um, yeah, so I, 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 enjoy your, I enjoy your work. So it was a pleasure, pleasure on my side as well. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Where can people find you? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Shannon underscore McClung, uh, on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy, all one word. You can see me on the Geek Buddies every week. And if you want to see something that, I, uh, that I'm writing on right now, uh, Strawberry Shortcake, Barry in the Big City, season one is on Netflix, and season two is uh, uh, debuting week to week on YouTube. And we might be working on some other stuff right now. We'll see. All right, nice, nice. And as you all know, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, Amazon Music, Audible, or wherever you get your podcast from, Google Podcasts, Overcast Podcast Addict, so and so, so and so. 
We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at FunSaintGalaxy.com. Check out our website, FunSaintGalaxy.com. I just said Boston. That's right. Okay, sorry. Facebook and Instagram at FunSaintGalaxy. Our website, FunSaintGalaxy.com. Check out our Spreaker and Patreon pages and donate to those. And if you can't donate monetarily, please subscribe and then click that bell, hit all notifications, and you're subscribed because... For some reason, there's a glitch going around on YouTube that'll unsubscribe you from videos. So please check to make sure you subscribe. Very nice. Got it. Wow. <laughs> okay. Thank you. All in one breath. Damn. Yes. Yes. Very. <laughs> so once again, thanks again, Shannon. Uh, we, we 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 love having you on the podcast. We hope to have you back. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. Hopefully with with. Hopefully with news of a, of a booking on a Star Wars show. Who knows? Yes, yes. I'll <laughs> to you on that. And please give our best to uh, John Roca and Michael Vogel. And keep keep doing what you're doing on Geek Buddies. I, I tune in every week. I love it. So I, I can't wait to hear, you know, what you have, hap- you know, what you have coming up next regarding She-Hulk and D23. So I'll be listening. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kerwin. Keith, right. wonderful to meet you. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Virtual handshake. Virtual handshake. There you go. Virtual. (laughs) All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this episode. So until next time, take care. And and we will see see you again. again.